Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Hot Takes on a Plate, the show that explores the things that make us feel and how those feelings collide with food. I'm Rob Patron, and today I'm feeling pretty happy. Um, I I have noticed recently that I walk around Brooklyn, where I live, with a stupid shit-eating grin on my face sometimes that like it's just there and I'm like what what is going on like I'm not even a smiley person and I think it is that proverbial quote-unquote cliche light at the end of the tunnel that we're all feeling we're just feeling energized you know like vaxxed and waxed baby and you know here we go and I bring all this up because my guest today is Kevin Sintamong of Esquire magazine, who I talked to around this time last year about Esquire's best new bars list. And Kevin, last year when we talked, it was a very different conversation. It was we were starting this this sort of lockdown um scary dystopian what is going on kind of thing and now we are breaking out of it to an extent and people want to drink and they want to party and so i'm just curious like you know how was the process different this go around doing a best new bars list i know that research is done months and months earlier so let's i guess maybe before we get to that let's just talk about your current state of feeling right now as we are coming out of this um you know it's it's great you know it's like um uh it what's the the nice thing about um this kind of moment is that uh i feel like and i mentioned this in the story like uh, you know during the reporting of of this year's list um i don't think i've been offered more more shots than any (laughs) other time in my life like everyone just wants to do shots Everyone wants to buy me shots. I'm buying people shots. And, and there's, there's, there's something in the air, you know, people are really um, loving life right now, loving being out. And I think that's because sure. It's like, I love making cocktails at home. I, I, you know, in the beginning, I enjoyed uh, getting in touch with my, my, you know, having a cocktail hour on zoom. Uh, but there's really nothing to sort of replicate, replicate that bar, or, or hotel or, or restaurant experience. Uh, and so I think people are really um, savoring that and realizing how much they, they really loved it. Well, and look, you're a busy guy and we're all very busy usually, but I, obviously the, the pandemic made us take somewhat of a pause. Everybody yeah. had to pause to an extent. And I'm curious because when you're doing the kind of work you're doing and you're just doing it full throttle and you're rushing into it, there's not a lot of time for reflection. And I'm sure you probably had a little bit of time for reflection during the pandemic. So I'm curious, like how that reflection and how that pause has affected the way you approach your work now. Sure. Yeah, I think that it's, um, um, you know, I think it's, I think in the beginning, um, what I used to go out all the time. Right. And a lot of the times I'm like, do I really need to go out all the time? Right. And I think that's what sort of the, the pandemic kind of um, my value shifted around going out uh, around social engagements, around drinking, really, you could say. 
And so um, when I go out now, it's really, I really, I make it more of a special event rather than just something I do casually after work, right? Will that change, uh, you know, as like we go back to the office and, and things become more normalized? Maybe, but I think right now it is I'm really, you know, um, seeking out, I, I mean, I always do this, but I do this especially more now, seeking out special experiences, um, uh, both on the high end and, and sort of, I don't want to say the low end, but you know, the, the different types of special experiences, whether it's something that feels like, you know, revisiting old bar, that's like a, you know, uh, uh, um, like comfort food, or whether it's like this kind of high end um, drinking experience. I, I'm really, um, I'm drinking with purpose let's say when I'm going out, I'm not drinking just as like go out with friends. I'm really sort of thinking about where I want to go and the type of experience that I want to have that evening. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because like there is this sort of muscle memory to what we do. And yeah. I find it now it's like, it, you know, it's not, I don't know. I don't find it that hard to sort of get back into that routine. It, it's that muscle memory. And you hear a lot of people talk about the pandemic 15, like people gained weight during the pandemic because they were home and they were just binge eating and whatever. I actually think for me, it's I'm worried of the opposite. Like I actually lost weight during the pandemic because I wasn't going out Same. and I wasn't like, you know, stuffing my face with restaurant food, you know, every night or every yeah. other night and drinking and all of that. And I'm now worried about like, you know, like that, like, like I've developed good habits, but can I contain, can I keep those good habits up or will it be yeah. that muscle memory of falling back into old habits just for the sake of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, not, not to turn this into like a fitness podcast or anything like that, but yeah, I've, 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 I've definitely gone on a fitness journey during this pandemic. And I think part of that was like, I realized like, oh, if I'm going to be eating this much, if I'm going to be drinking this much, I need to actually you know, take care of my body in a much more sustainable way. And I think part of that is, is like I was saying earlier, it's a lot of it is, um, is saying yes to great experience, but also saying no things that are like, I don't know. I don't really know if I need to um, have this huge meal. I don't know if I need to go out drinking with you. Maybe we'll just go for a walk or something like that. You know, it's, and it's weird for me to say that because I'm like, oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm always default to the bar, right? Um, but I think it's, 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 um, it's nice to, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm enjoying that value shift, right? Because it's, it doesn't mean that I can't enjoy drinks. And in, in many ways, I enjoy it even more, you know, as opposed to sort of something that's just, you just do, like riding the subway, you know? And I know we're totally getting a little, you know, on a tangent, but I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this tangent for a moment. And hmm. I, I know you and I live um, in this, in and around the same neighborhood. And I don't know if you've noticed, but a, a, a shop opened that specializes in non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah, it's right and, around the corner. Yeah, yeah and I, I found that so fascinating, and it seems to be doing well. And I was the only thing that's that, that scares me about it is the prices are almost higher than than the alcoholic <laughs> beverage. I swear, I went in there the other day because we've got people coming over, um, and one of them is pregnant, and I wanted to get something kind of nice for her to drink. And it was like this bottle of, you know, it was the size of like a gin bottle, and it was like $43, and it has no alcohol in it. And my head was like about to explode. But like, but, but, but I appreciate that because there is this sure. part of me now that's like, you know, like I like. I like the, the the feel and the taste of a drink, but I don't always want to have that feeling in me. And so that's been like a pandemic shift for me. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, um, 
uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a fan of low ABV drinks. Uh, it depends on your mood. I, and then, you know, sometimes I, I, I will enjoy a no alcohol thing. Um, and there's a lot, you know, Hey, hey even, I even enjoy the occasional white claw. I will admit it. Okay. <laughs> hey, I hear they're uh, serving them at 11 Madison park now. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> there you go. A, a vegetarian EMP, right. A vegetarian white claw. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I, I, I like, you know, and the thing is with the idea of bars, it's sure like alcohol is great. Great. I enjoy the drink. There's a purpose to it. I think if you, if you see the movie another round, I think it's a great sort of examination of, of, of alcohol and values. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I'm all, I'm all for the non-alcoholic stuff. Um, but at the same time, I like, um, you know, like in Seattle, uh, Roquette in Seattle, which is on, uh, the best bars list, um, this year, it is, uh, also very much my kind of bar. You, you can't, you, everything is like super boozy, super dark. It's a moody place. And um, there's a time for that too. There's sometimes, and and, and so I, I love it on both sides. I, I swear, Kevin, I did not mean to take us into teetotaler territory when talking about <laughs> best new bars. I don't know how that happened. It just did. I went with it. I'll, I'll shift us back. Um, but but I am really fascinated about the list because of of how the approach this year was compared to last year because the you know what a lot of people may not realize is when you're making these lists it's not like you're writing them in 3 weeks like you're you're putting a year's worth of research so sure. into it so so when you're you know and the the interesting thing about the pandemic I've been working on a documentary about it now for over you know a year plus and it I always tell people it's a moving target you know, mm -hmm. the pandemic is not stable. So mm -hmm. when you started working on this best new bars list, the pandemic was at one place. And when you finished it up, it was at another place. And I'm sure that affected your experiences in these different bars. So talk me through sort of the timeline of it and how things changed and progressed. Sure. I, I mean, we, we, we pretty much, we were, like you said, we we're reporting this year round. Um, and you know, so pretty much when last year's list closes, we, we kind of start reporting this. So that would be um, around April, you know, last year, which you're still in the thick of the, the pandemic. And, um, you know, it went from seeing how creative bars could be with the limitations that they were you know, everyone had to deal with, you know, so I think you saw a lot of innovations in the to-go cocktail front, um, you know, just from like a physical standpoint, like QR codes, the adoption of outdoor drinking, um, you know, how do you create a to-go experience that is um, similar to what you would get in at the bar, you know, um, and then you saw kind of an explosion of like ready to drink stuff, canned cocktails. Um, and for what, and, and, you know, so my mind was like, uh, how long is this going to be, you know, the, the target, the, the idea of what the future was going to be like um, kept changing week to week as things, you know, as the virus spiked and it went down again, as regulations changed across the country. Um, and so, you know, we, and then, you, you know, I had that, that kind of like, what is the meaning of, of, of 
of going out to a bar of drinking, you know, that, that sort of changed a lot during, uh, during the past year. Um, and I kept getting, come, you know, I always kept coming back to the idea of community and hospitality, right? Because it was amazing to see um, these bars pivot in such a way where they could, you know, you could get a to-go cocktail, you could have um, a setup outside under like a heat lamp and still feel like you were at a bar, right? I, I think they really went, um, they went uh, far and beyond what I thought they were capable of. Um, and, and then when, you know, um, and then when things really started to open up and when I, I took kind of a trip to California, um, and that's when things were, I was like, oh, this is like, we, there's this kind of a special moment now. I mean, everyone kind of predicted that uh, things were going to be like sort of the roaring 20s again. Uh, not that I'm that old uh, to know what that was like, but I hear it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty hopping, right? And, so, and I feel like that's what's happening now is that people are just, you know, like, like I said earlier, lot, lots of shots being had, um, you know, uh, and a lot of just sort of joie de vie. You know? Oh, gosh. I mean, the that, city is alive right now. And I'm sure yeah. other cities feel like this, too. But like, you know, especially like I, I think I always say to people, like, I don't think people realize what it was like to be in New York during this pandemic, especially in the early days, because. In other parts of the country, you know, they watch the news and see the reports and read media. But like there wasn't a tangible way to really touch COVID unless you it impacted your family personally. Whereas in New York, you had the sirens going off like it just seemed like all the time, these sirens because of the population density and everything. And then you had, the, you know, the makeshift morgues outside of hospitals, you know, the trailers where bodies were being stored. And those are things that like if you live in a suburban community, you don't see you don't experience. And so. And then the fact that like our restrictions were went on a lot longer. And I think a lot of it had to do with that, that psychological, like, oh, my God, that we live through. I feel like it's been such a release here. And I'm curious, like as somebody who travels the country, like, is there a difference, like in terms of the way people are responding to coming out of it? Or is it just sort of universal? Um, I, I think there's um, I think there's a difference. Um, uh, well, I, I should say this, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example, like New York, once that started kind of opening up, it just, it, it, it you know, I felt like it exploded. Like I, you know, I went to, uh, I mean, just last week I went to a bar and it was like, you know, the restrictions were kind of lifted because you could, you know, there's the rule where if you can show you're vaccinated, you can go back to sort of like the way things were pretty much. Right. Uh, and we just reached 70 percent um vaccination levels in new york so those all those a lot of the those restrictions are going to be lifted and it's it was it was like yeah it was big partying uh but i think in cities like portland oregon where things are just kind of slowly you know when i was there things were still pretty kind of locked down it almost felt like what new york was like in in the summer right mm -hmm. uh where you were still doing a lot of to-go stuff all the fine dining places were closed and just doing takeout um and so will, will that place like pop again? Maybe, probably, I would hope so. Um, I, you know, uh, so, but I think that you're seeing the restrictions being lifted differently across uh, the country. Um, that said, like, do, do I feel like people are going to party across the country? I think so. I think yeah. there's a lot of pent up uh, energy to just get together with people again. Does that then, in the wake of all this, change what makes a bar great? 
Um, no, it's, I think it's always been, for me, it's always been um, uh, the less about the drinks and the menu and more about the people and the culture and, and discovering, um, especially when you're traveling, discovering a different side of a city, of a place that you might not have been introduced to uh, in, in any other way. Um, not all bars can do that, but I think a lot of bars can, and we try to, you know, um, uh, include a lot of those those uh, singular places um, on our list, right? Where where they're almost these um, ambassadors to uh, their their communities, their cities, right? Um, and so in the, in that way, I think um, I think it's it's changed, right? With the idea that you really want to be with like-minded people. Yeah. Um, I think we've been heading in that direction for a few years now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious. Um, another observation that I'm curious about when it comes to bars and, and how different areas have reacted to COVID is outdoor dining and drinking. Obviously, yeah. here in New York, that's become a big thing in the wake of COVID, where now you have these structures erected in what used to be parking spaces where you and and, and look, I think post COVID, it's, it creates business opportunities for a lot of businesses, because now they have extra seating, whereas before they were limited, but also for for a consumer, if it's a nice night out, like, wouldn't you rather be outside on the streets like you're you're yeah. in Europe or something than, than locked up in a dark, dingy space? I know I would. Do you think that's here to stay? And, and is that something that has that you've seen happen in other parts of the country as well oh yeah absolutely I, i've seen it all all across the country you know from from san diego to um to portland to seattle uh denver um uh, uh and definitely you, you know here in the northeast um i think it is here to stay i i want it here i want it to stay um and i think it's really about um you know, the powers that be, the government officials to let that be. You know, I think in New York, it's supposed to be an indefinite thing. Um, I hope it stays that way. I think, it, uh, you know, I don't mind giving up like parking spaces to, to uh, you know, the, the, the sidewalk cafes. Um, it just makes the streets livelier. Like even if you're just going for a walk, it's just to walk through people and see them happy. I, I don't have a problem with that. It's great. I think, yeah, I think it's good for the, it's good for the community. Uh, yeah, there's, it, it brings, it, it brings energy uh, to, to places that, that might, you know, where it could have been sort of a pretty desolate street. I think you can, you can make something happen there. Um, I also love when you kind of close down the street, you know, on the weekends and it just yes. becomes a pedestrian thing. I'm totally, totally down for that. Um, and I hope that happens because it's like, like you said, it's like, it, it happens you know, Europe has embraced that with, you know, in, in Rome, there's like their plazas and everything like that. You know, when, when, when I was visiting Thailand, like growing up as a kid, I, there was so much of that stuff, like, you know, bars and restaurants are outdoors. And that's just sort of an intrinsic part of, of like life in Bangkok, of life in Thailand and, and, and life in Europe. And I think that should be a thing here. It's just natural. We want to, you know, humans, we like being outside. Absolutely. <laughs> what, what about to-go drinks? Is that something that's here to stay? I mean, I think about like my wife just celebrated a, a birthday um, the other day and she met up with a friend and they did something that they would never have done in the past, which is they got to-go drinks and took a walk 
Like that's yeah. not something that was a thing before. Like, is that something that's that's here to stay? I, I think so. You're right. I mean, it's like, all right. So you look at who, where, where could you do that in America before the pandemic, right? You could do that in Vegas. New uh, Orleans? In New Orleans, right? Um, maybe some other places, but those are, I think those are the two main cities um, where that was really part of the culture there. And, um, and yeah, I think it's like, they, they, they did it well, they do it well in those cities. And I think that, um, I think it, you're seeing at, especially in New York here, um, I think you're seeing that, that people really um, adopt that, uh, really taking a liking to it, you know, um, like sometimes it's, you can just, here's the thing. It's like, I'm a, I'm a pretty good home bartender. I'm not as good as, you know, uh, the folks at like Clover Club or PDT or anything. It's just like, I like really like having a dialed in cocktail. And sometimes I don't have a time to necessarily like make it at home or, or I'm too, I, let's just, no, I have the time. I'm just too lazy. Yes. yes. And so let's like, I, I want to be able to just like, I go into Rite Aid to get like a six pack of, you know, white claw or, or, you know, paps or something. Like I want to be able to go to my, um, uh, my local cocktail place and get some great cocktails. But I think also, that- like, is there anything better than like the space sometimes in these bars? Like to me, like like one of my favorite things about reading your lists is is the pictures and seeing these spaces. You know, yeah. like they're just yeah. the the uniqueness. Because like you know, I was I I recently purchased a, a a home with my wife in the Poconos, and we've been decorating it and whatever. But the thing that we always laugh about is when you look at like people when they buy homes and and decorate them and remodel and whatever, they all kind of look the same. You know, like everybody's kitchen kind of like <laughs> fits a certain aesthetic from a certain time. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. But but what's cool about bars is like they're they a lot of them they're so unique. Like they're not cookie cutter. They're just so specific, and that's what's cool about drinking in those spaces. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't think to go to go cocktails will ever replace the, the bar experience. I think it's just a great addition, addition uh, to sort of, you know, drinking culture. Um, yeah. I they, And and I mean, that's that's I think that's part of the bar experience is the design. I think like the place in uh, I write about in, in Oakland, Viridian is it was one of the most kind of beautiful bars that I went to. There's the um, uh, there's the Ministry of Brewing in Baltimore, which is, it's, it's an old church in, in North Fells Point. And, uh, and it's just great to have a beer <laughs> in a church, you know, and not get in trouble for it. So. No. And, and that's, uh, that's the thing is it's nice to have those options. It's nice to have the option of, do you want to be outside in the breeze or inside in a cool room? Do you want to stay and meet up with friends or do you want to take the drink to go? Like, it's nice to have those options. Yeah. I'm curious what's on the table now is travel you know, and we're seeing a massive uptick in travel. And that's what's always been great about these lists is that when you travel, it gives you sort of like a here's a to do list of, you know, places to go things to do. I'm curious, what city give me one city people should be visiting if they want a bar crawl? What is the city if they want to hit up a few places in one night and have a diversity of drinking options and interesting experiences? What's the place that they need to be thinking about right now? Um, wow. Okay. So I think, I mean, Los Angeles, um, I know it's like, it never, people don't think of it as like a drinking city because you have to drive everywhere, but not with Uber. But I think that there's, there's so many great bars there, uh, that are, you know, especially in the downtown area. Um, and on, on the, on, on the West side as well. Um, 
the the what really kind of surprised me on this trip, I think, was um, was Baltimore. Um, I think that uh, I went to school in Baltimore, and uh, I went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, and um, uh, I'd been back a few times, but this was the first time I'd been where I'm like, oh, this is a cool city. It's like I think I missed out on a lot of things. I didn't have the right friends to show me these places, or they didn't they didn't exist, right? Uh, but I think you're you're just seeing a lot a, a lot of really great bars and restaurants happening there. I think there's two on our list, um, Fat and Soden, um, which is a great like natural wine, sake, beer place, um, outside garden, um, and Ministry of Brewing. And then and then you're seeing there, there's a lot of stuff that's um, coming up there. Um, I, I definitely see the city having a big representation on the best bars list in, in years to come. Um, well, and Baltimore is great too, because of its location on, on it's right off I-95 and I-95 is such a, a big, you know, highway for travel, especially in the summertime, because it goes up and down the East coast. So if you need a, a layover, a one nighter, a, a stopover, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're on your way down to DC, which is another great, great drinking town. Um, and, uh, you yeah you can take the train there from new york you know it's uh you don't have to drive as well so awesome well, well kevin thanks so much best new bars esquire magazine make sure to check it out and um kevin what's your social media where can people find you oh it's just my last name it's just at sintumong so it's s-i-n-t-u-m-u-a-n-g um good luck rem- remembering that it <laughs> took me a few years so uh but yeah i'm, I'm that on 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 twitter and, and instagram Awesome, Kevin. Thanks so much. Great catching up with you again. And Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at BLEAV.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Rob Patron TV. And of course, you should make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Also rate the show, five stars, of course. Until next time, I'm Rob Patron. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.